0: Leaving a Legacy is brought to you by HipstersOfTheCoast.com and can be found on the Top Deck app every Friday. You can support the show directly at patreon.com slash leaving a legacy. Magic is powerful. Welcome to another episode of Leaving a Legacy. My name is Patrick. I am your legacy newbie with me this week as always. Mr. Jerry, me. What's up, Jerry?
1: Oh, not much, Pat. Not much. It's dark and it's cold. It's November. But we got some (sighs) sweet legacy to warm our hearts.
0: I, I have to tell you, I love this time of year. Like, like, at, like when it starts getting really cold out, the leaves start falling. Fall is my favorite season, man. It's the best. You just like your UGG boots and pumpkin spice lattes, don't lie. That's absolutely true. I am the most basic of bitches. <laughs> um, awesome. All right. Well, of course we uh, we have the uh, Christmas charity drive um, that we are currently working on right now. Uh, we will. Uh, I'm actually going to be posting some of the play mats in the uh, in the Facebook page tonight, so you guys will obviously see that before. Uh, this releases on Friday But if you're interested In helping us out With the charity drive We're doing a little Kind of uh, I don't know if it's Going to be a contest But we're trying to uh, to. Uh, I, think, yeah, I, think, I guess, I guess a I think We're bit
1: doing like a Straight like an auction Just like list all the Playmats and have People bid on them
0: uh, yeah, we'll do that. But I mean, what I'm saying is like between us and the dead format, we are both oh, that, the same that, yeah. charity and we're going to see who can who can uh, who can raise the most. Oh, and I,
1: I should have assumed, but I was not aware we had turned it into a competition yet.
0: Y- yeah, of course it's a competition. <laughs> actually, they mentioned. So on their podcast, their last podcast they're like uh, Ian had mentioned, oh, this should be like a competition. And then like 10 minutes later, he's like, actually, I think I should retract that statement because I'm pretty sure we're going to be <laughs> absolutely crushed by leaving a legacy. But but we'll see, uh, you know, they, they got some deep pockets over there at the dead format. So. Well, I don't
1: I don't know because Tom tends to be one of our biggest contributors whenever we do a donation drive.
0: It's true. It's true. So yeah, no, I'm, I'm really excited. I think you know, no matter whatever, no matter what happens, who wins the uh, the competition, obviously, we're gonna have a really good time sponsoring some families for uh, for the holidays, and that's always really rewarding and, and awesome in and of itself. So uh, keep an eye out for that. We'll have playmat auctions, uh, leaving legacy playmats too. So just keep your eye on the Facebook page uh, for that. Sweet awesome all right well jared you want to introduce our guest this week
1: so we're having on tonight a good friend that i've made through the uh the legacy community he was hanging out with us uh out at gp seattle uh plus we always see each other at uh like scg events uh our friend from new hampshire anthony how you doing man
0: pretty good how are you guys doing
1: good good now, anthony, so, i thought you
0: i thought you were from new york <laughs>
1: <laughs> like all all storm players <laughs> Um, But yeah, Uh, welcome aboard. Uh, You wanted to help shed some light on EW uh, because we got a lot to talk about today with, uh, you know, the big event, the eternal weekend, the quote unquote wizards, uh, you know, crown jewel of the uh, eternal formats, it seems.
2: Oh, uh, yeah. There's just a. There is a lot of talk about this event just because of how you know the legacy. The way the legacy event played out is actually really interesting and unique. I think, and mm-hmm. the, the vintage event. There's also some stuff to talk about as well. So there's definitely a lot of content that that we have today for regarding Eternal Weekend.
1: Yeah, I mean, so. Uh, Eternal Weekend. You know, it it has its detractors, but it is pretty much the preeminent event in North America for Legacy, Vintage, and now Old School. Um, this is where kind of all the diehard fans gather um and it's it gives a great outlook it uh the legacy metagame because i do think it is one of the most diverse legacy metagames you'll see because i would think even more than some legacy gps you'll have people willing to travel more from all over the country and all over the globe so it really is just a real mix of all the decks out there um not very region specific um but we got uh some top eight or sorry top 24 compiled by uh the source uh i guess uh uh, card titan hasn't posted any uh results or anything like that i was trying to look for coverage i I, didn't find anything
0: i think between like uh the setting up and breaking down of the tournament they're a little strapped on time so i think they had said oh we're gonna get the deck list up but it's it's gonna be a a day or two before it happens so gotcha
1: well the community came to the rescue we got uh we got top 24 results uh pretty much self-reported um and there's one person that's unknown no one really knows what uh Uh, 12th place was on as of this uh, recording, but pretty much have the rest of the top 24 uh, deck lists. So um, taking a look just at a top eight, we got our friend Cyrus uh, playing Ant, Brandon Devera playing Sneak and Show, Matthew Dilks playing uh, Slow Depths, uh, John McDermott in fourth. Is
0: that just like a joke, by the way?
1: (laughs) i think yeah uh i'm okay i think it's like just either turbo depths as being ironic or slow depths as in just like not the hex maze version i,
2: I always thought gotcha. um well this was more so before the banning but i always thought slow depths was the coin term for the deck uh the turbo depths deck that plays like dark confidant death Right shaman like this creature package just to have a separate game plan
1: mm-hmm. gotcha oh so it's more creature based more with uh uh dark confidants it's not as uh you know, fast with the um all the search cards,
2: yeah, that's as far as I know, that's at least the way it was before death rate was banned. Um I'm not a hundred percent sure how it is now, but I would assume the same
1: gotcha uh this is an argument for uh, standardized naming conventions, I guess you look at it that way. <laughs> 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 um after that fourth place john mcdermott grixis control christopher walton in fifth with check pile uh patrick green with uh jess guy miracles i throw it in the jessica man these, these naming conventions are all over the place uh brandon hay uh hagan with elves in seventh and rounding it out uh jake Weineman with uh another copy of slow depths what do we think of this uh top eight i'm i'm kind of surprised by a f- couple things uh what are you surprised by just the amount of combo in it. We got ants, really? sneak and show, and two depths. That's pretty. That's pretty heavy on the combo side.
0: I, I think. Yeah. I mean. I suppose so. So there's three things uh, in elves too. I, actually, sorry, sorry, Anthony. I keep cutting you. Off, no, it's
2: okay.
1: Five um, combo decks. <laughs>
2: <laughs> there's uh, there's three things I really wanted to point out with this top eight, um, and I think they're all actually pretty big ones. Uh, the first one is there's no copies of Delver Secrets. Um, or Chalice of the Void in the top eight. As far as, unless they're like, there's, unless they're like weirdly in the sideboard of the Turpodex decks, there's just none of those two cards that you usually expect to see as usual suspects in a legacy top eight. Um, And the other thing too is um, the deck that everyone was talking about before the event, Dredge, is just nowhere to be found in either the top eight or the top 24.
0: I think people uh, saw like kind of the writing on the wall, considering Dredge's is, I think either top eight or won the last two challenges online, I believe. So I think, pe- pe- you know, legacy players, I think, in general, uh, are looking to those results for uh, mapping out their sideboards and seeing that Dredge was making resurgence. I think they just packed their grave graveyard hate for the weekend, right?
1: Yeah, might have just been hated out. Um, I think, really, the big, uh, you know, missing culprit is Delver. Like, when was the last time we saw a top eight without at least some Delver secrets?
2: Well, like, I think... I think the whole thing is, um, is really just, like, the way the Miracles decks are adjusting with accumulated knowledge and all these different builds we have now, mm-hmm. a lot of it's just starting to really just make the Delver decks not able to keep up. And without having cards like Deathrite Shaman and Jitaxian Probe, it's hard for them to be as fast as they were before
1: true so you think the results are because also the combo decks we do see winning are the combo decks that uh you know are fairly well positioned against miracles uh, so we think miracles is hating out all of the delver decks and as a result the combo decks are then you know going next level and preying on the miracles decks
2: uh a little bit um so one thing about the ant versus miracles matchup right now and a lot of a lot of it's with the test matchup too but um I'll, so it's hard to do the grinding station plan where you, you know, you try to grind out the resources and then eventually, you know, get that deterministic tendrils kills. Uh, and the whole reason for that is accumulated knowledge, uh, which I believe uh, was talked about on a previous episode. But it just, yep. it, it gives the deck a way to gain massive card advantage, which it didn't have before, other than like predict
1: true true and i mean after all miracles did take down the entire event it was the final winner uh beating out our friend cyrus which uh i just gotta say cyrus love you buddy but thank god uh you know we didn't want to have to get a new uh, intern um so i mean next time bud next time <laughs> <laughs> uh but yeah so miracles did end up taking it down over over ant in the finals um but yeah, other than that, I, I am surprised just about the number of combo decks that we saw in total. And it, it is a fairly good diversity of combo decks. Um, you know, and going down into top 16, uh, there is a uh, black red reanimator in there. Uh, and yeah, anything else catch your guys eyes in the, in the rest of the lists? Uh,
2: so one list I really want to talk about is actually the Esper Miracles list uh, ran by Dan Miller. Uh, oh, that yeah. got, I believe, 20th place. Uh, so I saw that uh, that uh, deck played on camera, and what's really interesting about it is just some of his card choices. So um, he is still running, like, counterbalance, usual cards like that, but uh, out of the main board and sideboard, we saw cards like Vindicate, uh, Liliana, The Last Hope. Um, out of the sideboard, there's actually a, a Campbell um, that, I believe it's that legendary creature, the black-white one, that drains two every time your opponent plays a non-creature spell.
1: Okay, yep.
2: And I, other than that, I think it also had some discard spells like Thoughtseize and whatnot, just uh, just attack from a separate uh, angle. Uh, so I really wanted to point out that decklist because it's a, definitely an interesting take on Miracles in general.
1: Yeah, I mean I do love a good Esper list and I feel like it hasn't been getting uh much love lately, but uh that that would definitely be fun to chest out. Um it's funny, usually we see the Stoneblade package with it and they just decided, you know what? It's it's probably better to stick with uh <laughs> you know the the yeah. better control deck of the format.
2: <laughs> and even though he was uh, more three colors and like blue white splashing red for cyborg cards, uh he still fit back to basics in his list. Uh oh, so really? that was a card he was still running as well. Yeah.
1: Do you actually have the list? I wasn't I wasn't able to find the list anywhere.
2: I don't have the full list, unfortunately.
0: Gotcha. Yeah, uh, Dan Miller, D- uh, Jerry. By the way, I don't know if you recognize the name, but on camera, on the coverage, I saw him. He was the guy wearing the Arabian Nights shirt at the last Worcester Open, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, tall, loud guy. I think you had a pretty raucous game with him. Uh, yes,
1: <laughs> pretty raucous game with him. On that <laughs> I do remember.
0: <laughs> yeah, super super nice guy. Uh, yep. Really hilarious to watch on coverage. Um, yeah, and the Esper Esper control deck was really interesting.
1: Hell yeah. Um super sweet list maybe we can get the list room and talk about it in a future episode uh, cuz i do, do love a good uh esper list oh also i just noticed ninth place omni seek omni sneak so much combo guys so much combo
0: yeah yep yeah there was a there was a lot of combo in this in this uh in this tournament i guess i didn't really I didn't really think of it that way because it was a a variety of combo decks, you know?
1: Yeah, Um, good, good, uh, like you said, variety. It's not like there's just one combo deck dominating the meta. It just seemed, that's what makes me think that it's just like this meta is very favorable to combo decks.
0: Well, I don't know because like if you look further down like the top 24, there's a lot of non-combo decks. So like, and the the margin of error between making top eight and making top 16 is like so, so narrow. That's true. That like there just as easily could have been Grixis Grixis uh Grixis, Young Pyromancer Delver or Death and Taxes or Blue Red, another Blue Red Burn uh list or Maverick was there um, like more miracles list more stone blades uh check pile. so like there was quite like outside of the top 8 like yeah there was there was quite a bit of uh quite a bit of combo there but outside of the top 8 there was there was a good amount of non combo decks as well so i i think you have to take that with sort of a grain of salt it's a very small sample size but it looked like there was about Six hundred players in the weekend, if I'm not mistaken. So good uh, good turnout for the for the tournament. It's pretty decent. Yeah, not
1: bad. Um, I will say uh one list I do want to talk about is thirteenth place, uh Kostas' uh Grixis PZ Delver. <laughs> uh, this list is pretty sweet. Um, three flooded strand, three polluted delta, three bloodstained mire, four wasteland, three volcanic, three underground. Um pretty stock uh Grixis uh, mana base, I'd say. Uh, we mm-hmm. shaving the basic, we have been seeing them playing like a basic uh, swamp every now and then um, because of all the kind of back to basics and stuff running around. Mm-hmm. Um, but definitely going just straight. Uh, mana plan for this, uh, four Delver Secrets, three Young Pyromancer, which is sweet, uh, two Gurmag Angler, three True Name Nemesis, but also two Bitter Blossom on top yeah, of the Young I Pyromancer.
0: Like I like that.
1: I know there's a very threat-dense deck. Um, yeah, that's...
0: I think, well, I'm, I'm curious, what do you think the point of, like, why do you think they bring in the Bitter Blossom there? Is it just for the recursion up to like it's seems good against miracles kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, I
1: definitely think it helps a lot against miracles. I mean, terminusing with a bitter blossom on the battlefield doesn't feel great cuz you know they're just restarting that clock as soon as it goes to their upkeep.
0: Exactly. And then they're not putting pressure on your life total, so the loss of life is never really that big of a deal.
1: Yeah, uh, I definitely think bitter blossom is a, is a very good you know hedge against the miracles matchups and it's also probably not half
0: bad against check pile either. I think I have to build this deck, Jerry. <laughs>
1: Have you? Have it, ha, how many of the pieces have you sold within the last twelve months?
0: Uh, let's see. In the last twelve months, yeah, uh, t- a couple. How but, many? How many
1: of those couple are dual lands?
0: Um. So I sold a couple underground seas and a couple <laughs> Crops and a couple. <laughs> now you're getting. But that was last. That was over a year. That was over yeah, year. Yeah, but ago, now though, you're
1: buying back under. What do I tell you, Pat? Stop. Selling. I already
0: listen. I already have two underground seas back, so I just need to get one more i have the volcanic
1: oh uh, you're just paying tithes to various stores
0: a, no not to stores it's to my favorite vendors people <laughs> like aaron and people like liz my twitter vendors that i appreciate so much oh my god shout out to aaron and liz <laughs> one other thing i actually wanted to
2: point out from this top 24 is despite our boy cyrus just dominating the event um he's the only storm deck in the in the top 24 yeah,
1: um, Cyrus yeah. Cyrus did sure. go on an insane run, and Can, uh, hey, he, did he also top eight vintage or top sixteen vintage? I know he was. No, he had uh, a win in vintage. He, I don't, he, he, he went. Uh,
2: he went seven and three, I believe.
1: Gotcha. Yeah. Oh, and he was like seven zero oh at one point.
2: Uh, six and oh, I think. But six
1: and zero oh at one point, yeah.
2: So what I want to say with that is I don't think his performance necessarily means that Storm is in a good spot in the metagame uh, with how, you know, Miracles is adjusting how popular like decks like Blackguard or Reanimator are right now. I think it's more so just a testament that he's just a really good Storm player. Yeah. You know, yeah. they're going to get those results.
1: He is definitely an amazing Storm player. And, yeah, he's been on a hot streak because he's been playing so well. Um, so, yeah, definitely well well earned. So, man, our, our little intern's growing up, Pat. I got, got a <laughs> tear uh-huh. in my eye. <laughs>
0: Uh, hey, uh, quick question, Anthony. Um, sure. I, I don't know. if We'll probably talk about the top eight play later on. Well, actually, are we going to do that? Talk about more in the, in the top eight? Because I had a question about one of like the penultimate turn of Cyrus in the finals when he ad nauseum on his opponent's turn and stopped at five. And I wanted to kind of get your thoughts on that.
2: So – um, the first thing I want to say is from experience. No matter what he decided there, I just want to say that resolving an ad nauseum, you know, on a top eight match on camera with multiple with lots of people watching you, is probably like one of the most stressful things in Magic. It's just because, <laughs> especially, it's not even like.
1: It's, it's not like playing just, blackjack on live TV.
2: No, no, that, that's exactly what it is. And one <laughs> of the things I want to say is like, I'll, is especially when you get like one of those ad nauseums where it's like, oh, well, I can flip more cards and win, or I can just die um so if i recall correctly um to the best of my memory i believe his hand was a little sh- like his draws from ad nauseum was a little short from on mana and also mm-hmm. didn't hit a card like uh infernal tutor so he was at five life and if he flipped dark petition which is a one of in his deck it would have killed him um if he flipped like a dark ritual or any other card like that to go to four uh tendrils of agony would kill him and passing flames is already out of the deck um, mm-hmm. I know he also generally boards in empty the warrens uh, versus miracles, but I'm not sure if he did it there. Um, so I don't really blame him, no matter what uh, decision he made there, just because of how stre- how high stress of a moment that is. Yeah. yeah. Uh, if it, so, I'm a very greedy ad nauseum player, and it is definitely different uh, in the epic storm where you have access to chromox and you know you don't have as many fours and fives in your deck Mm -hmm. um so but generally if i don't have if i feel like i don't have enough to reliably either kill them that turn or the next turn or if i feel like what they have next turn could stop me from winning the game Mm -hmm. uh i will just hit every time because the odds of hitting uh like tutor or card like that before you hit your one of you know dark petition you have better chances there uh that being said i I think he might have made the right play, uh, just stopping at five because he had abrupt decay. He had cantrips. He already had like his Lion's eye diamonds, and other right. cards like that yep. out. So I think you know, I think he made a very respectable decision. I think it might have. I think it was correct.
0: Yeah, I, I th- it was also a really interesting spot because opponent had Tormod's crypt on boards. Uh, I think from yeah. like turn one or turn two, which really like I mean, obviously he could win through without Pass and flames, but I think that makes his. I think having access to Pass and flames in that matchup makes the matchup. Uh, significantly better for the storm deck. Oh, definitely right. Um, and I think he also when he ad nauseum there, he ha- his opponent had an active mentor. I th- I think so. I think w- maybe if he had taken one more damage, maybe he wouldn't have even survived for the next turn. I'm not sure. I'd have to go back and watch the VOD. Part. I believe
2: his opponent played mentor. Um, his his opponent played mentor two turns later. I believe okay, the, right. the t- I believe the turn after the ad nauseum is when his opponent played Null Rod.
0: Gotcha. Yeah, that was uh, it. Was an interesting. Uh, it was definitely certainly an interesting match. And like, I don't, I don't know enough about the storm deck to uh, even make a criticism on it. I just thought it was an interesting line where, and I was curious to hear sort of your thoughts on it.
2: Oh no, I think he definitely made the right choice because he he had a bunch of cantrips. He had abrupt decay. Uh, he could he can put himself in a spot where he can win even with Tormod's mods crypto. Uh, and hit, like what he had was good insurance for like a card like counterbalance. And he wasn't dead the next turn anyway, so I think he made the right choice not to risk mm-hmm. dying. Despite, yeah. like, you have better odds of not hitting a card that kills you than hitting Dark Petition.
0: Fair. Fair.
2: And um, the turn after where uh, he uh, cracked his pedals in response to the Null Rod and then abrupt decayed the Null Rod... Um, I I feel bad about it now, but I originally said on Twitch chat that, oh, I think he might have punted... Just because I thought there might have been a better line to take, like... Because, you know... Uh, because not abrupting the Null Rod makes it so uh, you have access to your graveyard with Pass and Flames, but mm-hmm. uh, he explained it to me later, and uh, and I generally felt pretty bad about it, because I didn't want to call him out on, like, oh, you punted, you know. Mm. But uh, So I think overall, like, his, his play in the entire weekend was really tight, and, you know, like I said with the Ad nauseum, it's some of the most high-stress magic you can play, especially oh, yeah, after sure. playing 30 matches over the weekend.
0: Um, so overall, his... Like- he went like eighteen or like like something obscene, like like 18, one and one or on the weekend something like that. Uh, Twenty four
2: and four, I believe.
0: Okay, yeah, so yeah, that's that's an obscene record. Yeah, it's yeah that's amazing. That's amazing. So yeah, no, I mean you could tell that like you could tell he was getting a little stressed. I think on that ad nauseum. And again, I'm not I'm not um uh, uh criticizing it at all. I was just curious as to sort of a storm player's opinion on that. So it was really interesting, really interesting play there.
2: Yeah. Uh, do you want to go into the legacy top eight? Uh, yeah like how sure. it
1: played out generally okay yeah. uh real real quick though, I have a funny anecdote that I wanted to share <laughs> uh this is from uh our friend Dominic, who was at the event, who unfortunately ended up uh getting sick, so hopefully Dominic you're feeling better, bud, as, uh, he ended up having to uh drop out. Uh, but, uh, judge, did you just raise your hand? Uh, no, I, I just dabbed, uh, <laughs> what, uh, I cast him to Torak and dabbed. I'm sorry. <laughs> you should apologize. <laughs> it would have
2: been even better if his opponent had a divert.
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh so that was a funny uh interaction at the event that i uh, i thoroughly enjoyed uh now we can talk about the seriousness of uh <laughs> what actually happened
2: uh so uh finals aside i know the quarterfinals match they showed on stream was the elves versus uh, sneak and show match mm-hmm. uh, and so i believe the elves player is actually playing assassin's trophy in his sideboard and he brought it in
1: yeah. Yeah, I could see that. I mean it answers um omniscience, it answers sneak attack. Um it, it could definitely be coming handy.
0: Jerry, how's the uh how's the sneak and show matchup versus elves? So it's interesting.
1: There are a lot of sneak and show players consider it to be a buy. I actually think it can get um, you know, pretty interesting, especially post board. I think it gets better for elves. Mm-hmm. Um but I mean I I think it's uh, a more difficult matchup than most people consider it.
0: So Mm -hmm.
2: there was one interesting play where uh, the Ellis player cast Thoughtseize, and then the Sneak and Show player responded with Brainstorm, uh, putting two cards on top. He had, like, uh, I believe, like, a couple cantrips, Emrakul, Gristlebrand in his hand, and it was assumed that he hid, like, what cards he wanted by putting them back with Brainstorm, and his opponent made him uh, discard Emrakul to actually shuffle the top of his library.
1: Ooh, that's a punt, Yeah. Well, not necessarily a punt. I mean that's really good on the uh Thoughts player for actually um, you know, seeing that line of play. But yeah, that'll that'll get you. You'll hide like show and tell like you'll have a hand of uh like Grizzle Brands and Emmercone, and like, oh it doesn't matter which one that they take because I'll have uh I have the other one and then I put Snow and tell on top of my library and then they shuffle your deck and yep. Yeah. No bueno. <laughs>
2: it's definitely a rough spot to be in.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's why I think the, uh, the elves matchup can be difficult because if the elves player gets a pretty heavy, uh, discard, uh, hands, it can just tear apart the sneak and show player. Like a couple of thoughtsies and cabal therapies can just wreck your day. Um, who ended up taking that down?
2: Uh, the sneak and show player in three games. I know the elves player, like just had a massive board. It was going off with gums of nature game one, but games two and three, uh, the, the uh miracles player ended up, you know, getting I'm sorry, I mean, not miracles, snake and show player ended up getting grizzle brand out and you know how it goes
1: from there. <laughs> Pretty much. Um then we had miracles versus depths. Did you see did that uh get any coverage?
2: Um I'm not sure if it got coverage. I didn't end up seeing that myself. Uh let's see. I know they had uh Cyrus versus the the I believe the check pile player in semis and a backup, but the other, I think no. If I think for quarters, they just showed the Elves versus Sneak and Show. Uh, but for the other results in the quarterfinals, we had um, ad nauseum tendrils over slow depths, um, check pile over Grixis control, which that check pile deck is very interesting. Um, mm-hmm. Sneak and Show over Elves, of course, and Miracles over the depths. So um, on semis, we had Miracles versus Sneak and Show, and Ant versus. Uh, Four color check pile.
1: Huh. And uh, Cyrus ended up taking down four color check pile, and we know Miracles took down Sneak and Show. Which one did they have on coverage? Did you take a look?
2: Uh, it was Miracles versus Sneak and Show. Um, I know, uh, I forget how the first two games went uh, just off the back of my head, but I know, like, it was. I remember being, like, a little excited because on uh, Game 3, the Sneak and Show player, Turn 1, just went Beseju, Pedal, Pass.
1: <laughs> oh, and... <laughs> that is terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: But uh, he ended up not having the kill Turn 2, I believe, and then his opponent just stuck a Containment Priest and then just started just taking over the game from there, so. Gotcha. And then, let's see. And the finals match, aside from those high-stress uh, last turns in Game 3... Uh, it's just the story of game one was just uh was just his opponent stuck a counterbalance uh after a few turns, I believe, and Cyrus still actually almost won through the counterbalance and two force of wills. Mm. But his opponent hit a few crucial blind counter uh countertop flips. Yeah, that was rough. That was rough. And then uh I forget exactly how he got there game two. Oh, I remember now. He so his opponent had Fluster Storm in his hand, game two. It, he was on his turn two, and before playing his second land, he cast Ponder and so, in response to the ponder, Cyrus knew he didn't have he they, Cyrus knew that he didn't have a force will, um. Besides the card that he drew for turn that he didn't know, so on his opponent's turn, he went dark ritual, dark ritual ad nauseum, and just did the ad nauseum on his opponent's turn while he you know he didn't have fluster storm up.
1: Gotcha. Yeah, that's rough. Uh what can you do though? What can you do?
2: Yeah. So it was a, definitely a very interesting match. All three games. Uh, I. I think they might have had some of the other matches time spiraled. I just don't remember them
1: from the top of my memory. Gotcha, uh, Pat. Well, what was your take? Because you watched uh,
0: top eight coverage as well, didn't? Yeah, you? I got to watch uh, as much as I could. <clears throat> um, I, I, I really kind of mostly tuned in for the Elves versus uh, Sneaky Show matchup, and then all the all the Cyrus matchups. I, all the Cyrus matches I could watch. Uh, the Elves versus Sneaky Show matchup was interesting. Um, again, like uh, the L's player took took game one, and then Sneak and Show made it pretty easy game two and three. I don't I don't know how, I don't know how close that matchup is, Jerry. Honestly, um, like just I can't see like L's being able to really beat Sneak and Show more than like twenty five percent of the time, especially in post board games. I don't think they have enough to bring in. Like I guess they could bring in thought seas for some disruption, but
1: yeah, I mean their discard gets real heavy.
0: Well, they bring in like three thought <laughs> right? Maybe maybe three thought I wouldn't uh, say that's really heavy.
1: Cabal, cabal Therapies.
0: Do they even run Cabal Therapy anymore I mean, in Elves' lists? Yeah, it depends on the list. I, 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 I would find that hard to believe they're running Cabal Therapy and Thought season in the sideboard. Because they're, they're certainly not running in the main board. I don't think they're bringing that much disruption. But, I, I, I mean, you could be, you could, I could be wrong. I just think that that's a pretty lopsided matchup. I was really rooting for, uh, I think it was Brendan, Brendan Hagen from uh, Team Tusk. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was really rooting for him to to beat the sneaky show player, but sadly that did not happen. Um, there
2: was a there was one turn game three in that match where he's even with his opponent having Gristlebrand out. He there was one turn where I believe if he drew natural order, his opponent was at a life total where he couldn't draw with Gristlebrand, and if he mm-hmm. like natural ordered for hoof, he just got there.
0: Yeah, and I, I think there was also a line where had he had he picked up uh, Dryad Arbor instead of a Bayou at one point, he would have been able to. Put him low enough where he couldn't have drawn a second set of seven cards, and he would have actually whiffed on the first seven. There was a couple like weird, but like not you know things that in hindsight would have made a diff might have made a difference, but really weren't like ideal plays. Uh, in like as things were, so um the games. I mean, the top eight games were really interesting. I I enjoyed them pretty pretty immensely. I did not watch any of the vintage stuff, but I tried to catch as much of the legacy stuff as I could.
1: Yeah, I saw zero coverage because I was at Comic Con instead, which. Real quick aside, I was shocked that there was basically zero magic at Comic-Con, despite Comic-Con literally being next door to Hasbro headquarters. (laughs) You would think like Hasbro would just like, I don't send some interns over or something to set up a booth. Like literally you could see the Hasbro logo from the windows and there was zero magic at this massive nerd convention. Well,
0: yeah, but I think I would, if I was going to imagine like in the pie chart of, Hasbro earnings, what matters... Well, actually, Jerry, you probably know what it makes up.
1: Well, this is how you attract new players. Like... Yeah, yes. I don't yes, it's good. No, let me let me no. let me speak. Let me speak. No. All, right. Shh,
0: all right. Be don't quiet. You, you say your piece. <laughs> you say your piece. and I'm going to tell you how wrong you are. Go oh ahead.
1: my god. You don't even know what I'm going to say. So yes, you need to have events for your actual players, like GPS and events. But you also need to attract new players to the game. And one of the best ways to attract new players to the game is people with similar interest. If people are already into, you know, sword and fantasy, superheroes, all the n- awesome geek nerd stuff that you get at comic-con um if those people are already going to be your prime demographic for what you want starting your game you know this is how you find your new players your next generation of magic players by other nerd communities and it's like oh you like this well check out magic you're gonna love it i think just not having the event at something that was such low-hanging fruit was really a uh a swing and a mess
2: i think that's a very point i don't mean to talk over you pat i'm sorry no, that's um, fine. Uh, that was uh, a very good point actually because uh, they do see a lot of crossover with games like Magic the Gathering and D&D or Magic the Gathering and uh like World of Warcraft and just all, you know just there's a lot of intertwine between MTG yeah, and just I, other nerd communities just like you said.
1: I will say that I saw a shit ton of uh wizard, uh, uh Blizzard uh Hearthstone and World of Warcraft shit there. I will say that. Um, like I think Blizzard definitely does a better job than Hasbro when it comes to branching out in
0: like the rest of the nerd community. Uh, all right, so here, here's what here's what I'm thinking. That's um. <laughs> <laughs> sitting there, it's like shit. He made a really
1: good point. I no. already said I was going to refute, <laughs> was, refute him, so I have to play devil's so advocate. Jerry, Jerry, what did you
0: what did you see there? What did you see people doing there again? What do you mean? What did I see people do? Saw you saw you said you saw Blizzard there, and who else?
1: Uh no like Blizzard is the company that owns Wizards of the uh
0: not Wizards uh World of Warcraft no, and I understand that. So they were doing they were doing like Hearthstone demos.
1: No, not even that. It was just like like products there. There was like there is uh uh like fan art and cosplayers and uh people with uh you know different like uh, accessories and stuff. It was just right. like uh, here's, it, here's, here's my it, the way I would it. describe it. The way I would describe it is if Etsy was a physical location, it, oh, would, be, it would be it would be
0: Comic Con. Sounds like my worst nightmare. <laughs> um, here's here's what I'm thinking. Like no one like uh, there the amount of effort it takes to get a new player to the game using paper product is is. Um, at this point, I think it's is not not counterproductive, but it's not worth the time investment. If you're going to get people playing Magic, you're going to get them playing on 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 an Arena. And honestly, like they don't need to send someone to Comic Con to get people to play Arena. Why I don't not? think it's worth.
1: I It was literally the same finish, venue, no, no,
0: Jerry. I let you talk your nonsense. Fine. It's like no. it's not worth paying like twenty five to forty thousand dollars for a booth to set up Arena for a bunch of people to play it. I think they they can just like people can just play arena by watching twitch they get into it like i I feel like the the return on investment of 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 advertising to a thing like comic-con is is pretty marginal uh
1: i think you would be very surprised at the thousands upon thousands of people that go to (laughs) comic-con
0: Yeah, this is me during the jerk motion, Jerry. I mean, I can't even believe we're talking about this, honestly. Like, I, I mean, Magic is in a very good spot right now, and I don't know why we're going to criticize their, their marketing decisions. Because
1: it's literally next door to their headquarters. Like, but, but yeah, zero look, effort.
0: But, yeah, but Magic Magic makes such a small portion of, of Hasbro's earnings, it's probably and not it even on their radar.
1: It, it, no, it is definitely on their radar. They had an entire event for it in the same convention hall. <laughs>
0: Right, but that was for let, that was let, for Hascon. That was yeah, for like let, a Hasbro event,
1: which Magic made up an entire, pretty much half of it. It Had its own like area. It had its own uh, concert hall. Let here, let Anthony speak.
2: <laughs> so I only had one point about it, but um, so I have been to Pax East a few times, uh, where they do have a tabletop section where like Pandemonium Games is set up and other uh, small Magic vendors like that, and they had Magic events through the um through the weekend. And I did see a lot uh, of—there was definitely a lot of casual play there, and a lot uh, of—there was, like, a lot of players of other games. Like, I saw some Super Smash Bros. players playing Magic, and just a lot of cosplayers, and uh, just a lot of casual play that was really nice to see. So I do think, like, some, and some environments, like a a con like this that has, like, a lot of, like, friendly events that they're just running throughout the weekend can can attract a new audience. Mm
1: Mm-hmm. Um, I will say, though, there probably wasn't, like, very much space. Um, People were, like, sitting along the walls because there was just, like, no sitting areas in the entire event. Um,
2: Oh, that definitely changes it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I mean, but that's the thing is, like, if they set it up, like, it would also just be beneficial. It's like, oh, you've been walking around the con all day? Here, come take a load off, sit in these seats, and here, while you're here, let's teach you how to play this cool game called Magic. Like... That is an instant funnel of people ready to learn your game. It's like, oh, you want to sit down and take a load off? Come come, learn this game. <laughs> but anyways, that's just my tangent. Um, what were what we were going on about? Uh, did we wrap up uh, EW? Anything else we wanted to talk about EW? Uh,
2: the only thing I want to talk about with EW is, uh, so there was a, there is was, it, so the, Brian Koval ended up winning the event with Paradoxical Outcome. Uh and oh, the
1: vintage event? Yeah.
2: Yeah, and there was a little bit of drama before top eight where he picked up, I believe, his win for top eight with his opponent getting um, a game loss. And like it was something like Twitch chat was kind of going off about, like, oh, you know, you're know, you going to call a judge or whatever. But um, So what's interesting about that is um, he actually tried to get the judge to be like uh, – he actually tried to get the judge to overturn the decision even though it would have put him in top eight uh, because he just uh, – I think it was just – Um, What I'm trying to remember is, like, his opponent made, like, drew an extra card after already winning the round, I believe what happened, and he – Brian Koval extended his hand, and his opponent uh, was like, oh, man, I drew an extra card. Judges got involved, gave the dude a game loss. Um, Brian Koval wanted to overturn the decision uh, for his opponent.
1: Wait, wait. So going back, so – Brian Cobalt lost the game, and then his opponent drew an extra card, or they didn't realize his opponent drew an extra card until after he no, extended his, his op- hand.
2: His opponent won the game. I don't believe it was relevant to the board state or anything happened, but the, his opponent realized that he drew an extra card after the round had ended, or after he Brian Cobalt extended his hand. Um, and so after judges got got involved, uh, apparently it was his opponent's third GRV of the event. And so he was getting he was getting the round loss and he asked Brian Koval to concede and Brian Koval wanted to from I believe but uh the judge said that oh it doesn't matter cuz he already got the round loss if you can if you concede it'll you'll just both have losses this round. So he was getting a lot of, fl- of fire from that from the Twitch chat but I do I just wanted to point out his good sportsmanship of like trying yeah. to overturn that decision, you know, cuz it's just a simple mistake that um Didn't you know that, that that we all that everyone makes mistakes like that but mm-hmm. uh, i just wanted to point out the good sportsmanship from him and that he shouldn't have gotten the flag that he did
1: mm. yeah good to point out for sure um uh, speaking of vintage real quick uh the a lot of people have been calling for paradoxical outcome to be banned in vintage and now the you know the top ranked vintage event of the year paradoxical outcome wins it
0: um, well we th- I mean like it's it's vintage so I think Randy yeah. Bueller said it best like you're either like either you're expecting workshops to win or PO to win and that's just kind of that's vintage 2018 if you don't like it then don't play vintage <laughs> but like if you try to ban every like super powerful cards in the format that is well, that is steamrolling other was... decks like, uh, th- that's steamrolling all the decks then you're not playing vintage anymore you're just not like that's not the format so I think well, people just need to Make peace, with so that's the format. It's a broken Spe- format.
1: Specifically, what I've heard about Paradoxical Outcome is that it's both miserable to play and miserable to play against. Like, there are people playing Paradoxical Outcome who hate playing Paradoxical Outcome, but they're playing it because it's the best deck that they have. And it's just like the play pattern of it is is pretty miserable. It feels a lot like Eggs was in Modern and how Eggs got banned mostly because it was just a miserable deck to interact with. <laughs>
2: So, from my understanding, from that is uh, about how it's like a miserable, t- m- miserable deck to play against. Uh, my counterpoint to that is that we've had shops in vintage for years, which has always been a miserable <laughs> deck to play against.
1: Fair play, fair play. <laughs> <laughs> so
2: I don't, and I don't think Misha's workshop is going to go anywhere because it's essentially, in a way, kind of like the brainstorm of the format, and they can. So if they restrict PO though, I do think that you know a PO esque storm deck can still exist, uh, but. I, if so, we know Mishra's Workshop is never going to get restricted. But if enough people don't like it, I could see Paradoxal come getting restricted.
0: Yeah, I mean, I mean whatever. I, 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 I could not care less about Vintage, to be honest. With you, but
2: <laughs> it's just a casual um, fun format. Yeah, so. yeah exactly.
0: I, I don't know. I just feel like if people don't like the format, just don't play it. I just, I just feel like leave Vintage alone. Like they get to play like one, one, like one or two events yeah, a year. You know. I agree. I
2: agree with that. So uh we also had the uh Magic Online challenge as well. Um just to quickly go through some of those uh results. Uh, I know Sneakin Show actually won that event. Uh JPA took it down.
0: Oh that's right. Yeah. Um curious, what's the sideboard look like?
2: Uh I don't have any deck lists. All I know is the is that we just have the uh what decks you know placed what.
0: Oh gotcha. Uh,
2: so going over the top eight really quickly we had uh sneak and show in first uh red black yeah. in yeah
0: <laughs> hold on i got hold on i got the uh i got the deck list here oh you do yeah let's talk yeah, about the I'll sneak put show a, list i'll put them like in one. the chat
1: <laughs> man sneak and show sneak and show it's coming back baby L- Bryant was on a couple weeks ago and i'm like sneak and show's day will come again here we are all right a whole new whole new sunshine <laughs>
0: whole new sunshine sure
1: <laughs> put it on a t-shirt it's a new saying
0: uh jerry no ley lines <laughs> in the sideboard of this. yeah because they're list.
1: smart they're fucking smart pat that's why <laughs> <laughs> go on read it to me
0: uh, so <laughs> uh the sneaker show list let's see uh i mean do we have to actually talk about this list it's fucking sneaky show there's not a whole lot to it. It's, it looks pretty standard. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's pretty. It's pretty boring. I, Give me the spice. Give me I mean, the spice. All right, the spice. Let's see. The 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 only spice. I mean, it's running an impulse. It's running three cutting wish in this in the main. It's those are all pressure. very standard. Very I know. Standard. No, again, I'm just saying like. <laughs> Like because there's, there's a few different there's a few different lists that JPA will run. What's the sidebar?
1: Tell me the sidebar That's bar. all
0: right. well, that's what I was getting to um, so <laughs> there's, <let's> a, see. <laughs> there's a fire mine's foresight nope, that is very standard. <laughs> uh, there's a rushing river oh okay, that's a little spicy um, there is a trick bind yeah that's standard. It's, I don't think that's that's that standard trick by yeah, for for charity tell that is definitely standard yeah
2: there's a release the ants which uh yeah. <laughs> you guys
1: are, you're like naming like namesake parts of the sideboard like
2: <laughs> uh, well I just wanted to say I love that card even though I hate show and tell <laughs> it's just such a cool card
1: it is cool it's uh, the way to think about it too so there was recently someone who joined the uh, Sneak sneaking show Facebook group and they like literally messaged. And it was one of those comments where I'm like, "Is this a troll or is this an actual question?" But they said it's like, "I don't get release the ants." Like, there's much better removal spells in the format. Why are we playing this terrible card? <laughs> well, when
2: you have omniscience in play and Emrakul on the top of your library, the card says, "I win." <laughs> yeah.
1: So, like, all right. So, but no, they were they were being genuine. But uh, yeah, so uh, release the ants is just a cool cool card and in, in like that because I mean, yeah, sometimes you kill a Thalia with it or a evoker.
0: It's stupid. <laughs> um... I don't have. I don't see the. Uh, I'm sure the the uh, uh, Wizards website has the actual top eight. Do you want to go down that real quick, Anthony? Uh, the
2: uh, where's the actual top eight? Oh, uh, MTG Goldfish.
0: Yeah, well, I have the Goldfish like the the challenge lists, but it doesn't have their final like their final standings. I just see like after. Swiss. Oh,
2: I ha- I have that on Reddit. Uh, okay. So um so in second place we had uh, red black reanimator. Okay. Uh, third place burn. Fourth place Grix's control. Uh, fifth place, Arkin with his mono blue artifacts deck, uh, which is very interesting. Like,
1: is that Antiquities War? It
2: is Antiquities War.
0: Yeah, yeah this guy dude, smashed me. In a, this guy smashed me in a, a league like a, a month or two ago, and I don't think I've played a league since. I lost this deck, <laughs> and I was like, I can't play Legacy anymore. <laughs> it's over <laughs> for me. <laughs> yeah, it's done. It's all done.
2: Uh, Pascal three thousand with uh blue uh, with miracles. Um, and we have Eldrazi Stompy and blue White miracles again. Um, in the top sixteen, I do just have to quickly point out there are two test decks. Um, one of them being Brian. Uh, I don't know who the other person is, but uh, there's two Tess and an Ant in the top sixteen, and then um, and then we have uh, Monkeys Can't Cry, Ethan with Ant right outside the top the top sixteen <laughs> with another Ant deck. So lots of storm.
0: Yeah, for sure. Uh, Blue Red Wizards uh, finishing in four and two as well. Someone, oh, someone, built, someone built the list I was talking. About, I was I was dreaming of. Although I don't think I would play Soulscar Mage. Does this play Wizards Lightning? Oh, missed opportunity there. They don't. They're not playing it. They are playing two Risk Factor. Risk Factor is a card that uh, I know Ian's been talking about in Blue Red Delver, I'm considering adding I mean, add as, adding it as a one or two of in a, in a Blue Red Delver list. It seems like a good card. It's two in a red for an instant, and target opponent may have Risk Factor deal four damage to them. If that player doesn't, you draw three cards.
2: <laughs> so, uh, one of the top 32 decks, uh, 19th place was actually called Still, I have to look at the list for this, but I just want to point out the little, uh, the little comment about it, uh, in the thread on Reddit. It says, uh, has science gone too far? <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yes, uh, you're spending too much time asking if they could. They didn't ask if they should.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that should just be the flavor text of Standstill.
1: <laughs> uh, that man, even though it is a direct, like, just swipe from Jurassic Park, uh, they uh, they definitely should make that the flavor text of something. <laughs> uh, what else? I don't have this. I don't have this top eight. I don't know where you guys are looking. So I'm just I'm like a blind man. And you're leading Gold, goldfish and, and, and,
0: and legacy Reddit, Jerry. You got you got links for me. I mean, go on Goldfish and then go you, on Reddit, and they're uh, there. You
1: know, I lost my hands in that factory <laughs> accident.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, there was a, I don't know, a lot of burn in this in the top like top thirty-two, huh? A lot of burn decks. One, two, three, four. Four burn decks. That's that's like that's a lot, right? It's not just me.
2: Um. Well, I think burn might actually be a pretty good choice right now. Uh, because of how popular Miracles is, just because it's kind of slowly becoming the boogeyman of the format again,
0: mm. so I'm I'm surprised that like I would think that like a deck that runs Counterbalance isn't really worried about Burn so much.
2: Uh, it's just the fact of how slow, like, Miracles is, and it's like, it's not like a, like, Storm versus Miracles, or other fast decks versus Miracles, where it's like, oh, I'm gonna stop what you do with my Counterspell, because mm-hmm. one is really not gonna cut it versus burn.
0: Sure.
2: Um, so, historically, the way the matchup goes is they just, they burn you out real quick, if you do get a Counterbalance out, you know, they could, they, they still have cards like Fire Blast, Price of Progress, so it's not, well, Price of Progress is pretty bad in the matchup, but... They have more than just one, so right. It's always been a good matchup for Burn. Hmm. So if uh, so, if you're planning for the Leaving Legacy open and you expect a lot of miracles, Burn might not be a bad choice. And I'm not just saying this because I play Storm and Burn's a good <laughs> matchup, but
0: um,
2: so it's definitely a deck to look out for. Hmm.
0: Um. All right. Uh. Anything else, Jerry? In the tops, the top the uh, thirty-two you want to talk about?
1: Uh. Twelve post. Uh, I just want to take a look at that. Uh, pretty sweet. I've actually been playing a bunch of it. This is the version I've been playing. Um, I don't know who LB Post is, um, uh, but I've actually been playing this list since we had uh, Scott on a couple weeks mm-hmm. ago to talk about uh, Mono Green uh, Twelve Post, and it's actually been a lot of fun. I o five the league and then four <laughs> one to league. <laughs> it is a very difficult deck. Scott was not kidding uh, when he was on. There are a lot of ways to just completely fuck up while playing this deck mm-hmm. and I have I have found those ways. <laughs> so I 05 to league, but it was a learning experience and I ended up 4-1ing the next league and right now I'm in another league where I'm 3-0. So I am going to try and turn that into a 5-0 with the deck. It is a lot of fun.
2: The thing about 12 posts is it's another one of those decks that just has a really good miracles matchup.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So
2: I used to play miracles at my um at my LGS, and uh, this this really nice twelve post player was just crushed me every single time I brought miracles <laughs> until the point where I, where I like I had to put like price of progress and ruination in my sideboard Jeez. one w- one <laughs> week just to be like Haha, gotcha. Oh
1: man, yeah, I remember being at events and uh, uh Jeremy is this uh, f- uh, he's one of the innovators of the deck, very well known on uh, twelve post player. But it got to the point where like he would walk in a room and Josh would turn to me and goes, "Yo, you brought price of progress." let me borrow them (laughs) 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 um but yeah deck's been a lot of fun um it can just pull itself up by the bootstraps from what looks like unwinnable situations um and it is it is definitely a thinker um there are lots of lines to explore with it which makes a very interesting deck to play um it's creeping up a little bit so this version that just placed um clocks in at $137, but it looks like that's because it's running for Leyline of the Void in the sideboard, which makes up uh, the uh, big chunk, about uh, half the value of the deck. So, if you leave the Leyline of the Voids at home, um, you can put the deck together for like 60 bucks on Magic Online. Uh,
2: very much the opposite for having the deck in paper. Though. Yes.
1: <laughs> Unless you have been playing Legacy for years, you are not playing this in paper. We talked about it the other day. It's the biggest spread between paper and online decks where the paper deck clocks in at about sixty dollars if you leave the ley lines at home, whereas the paper version uh is just shy of seven grand. <laughs>
2: It's the same cost as most people's pimped out decks.
1: <laughs> it's the most. It's the same cost as cars. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, you're starting to get into like gently used cars, like a year old used car. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Uh, so yeah, uh, but the deck is a lot of fun. So if you want, or if you're looking for a new deck on uh, Magic Online, I'd recommend it. I've been having a blast with it. Uh real quick, uh because that's it all we got for
0: the challenge, right? Um yeah.
1: can real Brew, we talk about uh this new Ultimate Masters or whatever the hell they announced today. Did it's, you guys awesome. Hear about that? it's awesome.
0: It's <laughs> awesome. It's awesome and all you poor should stop complaining about it. It's not for you. <laughs> not everything's uh, for you not everything's for everybody. Just fucking get over it. Next I see
1: I see you. the conservative uh, conditioning camp has uh has really got to <laughs> <happen>. <laughs>
0: no Jerry I've always felt that way I've always felt that way look not every product is for everybody man like that's just the way no, it is. that's
1: that's fine I don't really care about the price even though like uh, what like a 335 MSRP for a box I think it's just absurd I mean if Wizards can sell it for that much fucking good for them get that money Wizards I'm, I'm happy for you uh, what I just think is just like looks real shady is the fact that they they're announcing this like a month before it releases like no lead up no hype no previews season and then today they're just like oh by the way here's all the mythics bam releases them all by the way we're a month before christmas buy this shit (laughs) like it just seems like a shameless cash grab to me my only opinion on
2: it is that if they're going to sell boxes for 300 and packs for 14 don't put bulk in it. <laughs> like, true. Yeah.
1: What is it? What What's the the dragon that's like? If you get that, you are fucked.
2: Bellfire dragon. Yeah. Bellfire dragon. There's gonna be some guy out there that opens up the bellfire dragon box topper is just gonna have the <laughs> saddest <laughs> Christmas. Like, even,
1: though, even yeah, even though probability is so low, and all the other box toppers are awesome, just the fact that that probability exists makes me not want to get a box because I'm like, fuck it, it's gonna be me.
0: <laughs> Jerry, Jerry, you know what we're doing, right? Yeah,
1: we're getting a box. We're getting a plan. box.
0: We're opening on stream you know that right
1: (laughs) is it gonna be out in time for the the, for the for the event what event the our event when's when's this come out did they oh no it's not it's
0: it's not out it's not out out until December
1: Ah, okay Uh, conveniently right before Christmas
0: right well again so (laughs) again like I like that you say it's a a shameless cash grab. Whereas every set they put out is a shameless cash grab. No, but this is even more so. We live in a capitalist society. That's what you do.
1: (laughs) This is even more so. Like this is clearly like I was I was so I was talking uh, with Jasper earlier, and uh, Jasper was like, "I have predictions for Hasbro's uh, quarterly earnings calls for the next two quarters. Uh, Quarter four uh, earnings right on target. Uh, Quarter one of 2019, uh, our sales slumped due to uh, you know seasonal shift and." uh, Magic Master sets pulling revenue. And it's like, this is like a clear corporate uh, like finagling to kind of just boost the numbers right before
0: the year ends. Yeah, that's It's literally what every company does every year. That's why people's <sighs> quarters end in Christmas. Yeah, like but
1: like, don't, like, don't... <laughs> <laughs> Don't dress me up and take me out and then just, you know, it's s- spit on me. Like it is it, like at least put some effort into disguising it. Like make, make me at least feel like it's not just a shady uh soulless exchange of goods here.
2: You know what? It can be a, a shady soulless, you know, goods, but I just want to talk about real quick how good the art is in some of <laughs> cards. Like can we just
0: talk True. about that for a second? It's, that, it's that really too. just proxy it's really just proxy eye frames, right? Yeah. Hey, (laughs) hey, this is like, this is, uh, this is what, uh, the Kaladesh, uh, masterpieces should have looked like. Mm -hmm. Remove the frames. Let the art, like, let the art breathe. Like, instead, like, Kaladesh, or not Kaladesh, I'm sorry, Amenket, they, like, squeezed the art down into a smaller box and had these fucking hideous frames, like, it's mm-hmm. it's just it's just crazy these these look really really nice and i can't wait to open i can't wait to open what is it a balefire dragon it's gonna be awesome
1: yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, i already said rip my wallet because i need to get the uh the ancient tombs to upgrade my uh my sneaking i think you need, i think
0: you need to get those uh those emeralds too
1: now the i like the uh the PTQ Emercool's better, but uh, what I do no, need is that freaking through the breach. That through the breach with Emercool on it,
0: that I need in my. Uh, Emercool on it. Do you see that Nahiri is the one summoning Emercool there? Oh no, I didn't notice that. Yeah. That is
1: sick. <laughs> um, yeah, I think the Dark Depths art is also really gorgeous. Um, they definitely knocked it out of the park. The bitter blossom looks really good. Um, yeah. It's on a tutor. Yeah, the demonic tutor, the reanimate—they all—they um, all look
0: good, right? Like that's just—that's just the story here. They all look really, really yeah, sweet. They—they
1: they knocked it out of the park uh, with these promos, and also, um, not to go without mentioning, Wizards actually kind of did a good job about the PR disaster that was the Hasbro store uh, fuck up with those. Uh, uh, promos like yeah. they were selling some special set and the site crashed and you know people had a huge headache. I remember reading about it on Twitter and people like really complaining and being disappointed in Wizards and Wizards sent these uh, everyone a bonus pack who uh, mm-hmm. ordered it and had problems getting it shipped. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, good on them. I think Wizards definitely uh, did the right thing there. But yeah, yeah, I think they knocked it out of the park with these promos. Uh, they finally nailed it down, and I love how they announced. And this is the last time we're doing this. <laughs> we got it right, so we're retiring it.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think they said that this is the last Masters set for a, for a while. So mm-hmm. I think people are a little bit Masters out. So this is like the last. This is the last uh, bang you know they're the, the last you know final bang they're going to go out on here. Um, yeah.
1: And they said they're going to put reprints in other types of sets, which makes us uh, wonder, you know, do you think this is going, you know, commander decks are going to hold more reprints in the future?
0: I think the idea was that they were letting, they were intending that these masterpieces, these like uh, mythic rares are going to be the masterpieces in the next set. Was that, was that their intention? I thought I had heard that on Twitter. I,
1: I don't know. I, from what they said before, they uh, retired masterpieces with the last one. Like mm-hmm. the the Ixalan lands were originally the masterpiece frame before they retired it. Hmm. Um, so yeah, be interesting what they say. I mean, I think they definitely knocked it out of the park, and it is sad that it's like, yep, we got it right, so we're only gonna do it once.
0: <laughs> yeah, but like, but that's the thing is, how many, how often can they do a set like this? You know, like three hundred dollars MSRP, like all these crazy mythics in it, like this really great artwork. It's they can they can't do it. Twice a year, you know. Yeah,
1: no, no, definitely not. No, I'm not talking the set. I'm talking like the frame for the masterpieces. Like, do you oh, think you yeah. are gonna use this masterpiece frame again for the next one? That's, I mean, that's what do, it should be If do. they, they did, like, do it masterpieces next one?
0: should be exploded frames. It's like the, I, I can't understand why, why Amunet was anything but that. It made no sense to me that they made it. They made the the text ir, ir, like illegible, and they made the fucking artwork as small as they possibly could. It was just, it seemed like a huge mistake. I know, I don't understand what they were going for there.
2: Um, I think it's pretty telling that so I have one of the Pokemon the first movie Mew cards in my binder (laughs) like the ancient Mew one and every single time someone opens my binder and sees that they go hey is that an invocation
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, we Pokemon now (laughs) now. Uh,
0: that's for sure all right well um, if that's all we have this week I think we should get into some scoops and poops scoops Uh, Jerry who are you scooping in this week who am I scooping
1: in this week? Uh I'm well I mean scooping in Anthony and you, Pat, because uh you carried this show because I didn't watch a lick of coverage. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for carrying my ass. No worries. <laughs> uh and for poops man daylight savings time it fucking sucks i hate the sun goes down at four o'clock yeah
0: but you got you got an extra hour to yourself on sunday i got an extra
1: hour i got an extra hour one day in exchange for perpetual darkness for the next three months do you you, know how long i've gone without seeing the sun pat
0: jerry jerry listen (laughs) listen you know what no, I'm not even buying that from you because you you go to work at like a normal hour. The sun's up when you go to work. The sun is literally not up when I go to work yeah okay. So the sun is up
1: you. for my for my fifteen minute for my fifteen minute drive to work where I go inside and don't see the sun, and then so, when I
0: leave it's dark
1: so, uh, what I mean that do you leave work uh like nine thirty yeah oh, oh like okay. l- like leave work, I leave work at like six
2: yeah oh man i i usually get out around nine so it's always dark when i leave (laughs) i don't know jerry i don't feel bad for you
1: you you never feel bad for me regardless of what the topic is (laughs) uh what about you anthony you get scoops
2: uh i do have scoops i have two uh the first one is for my boy cyrus for his insane run this uh weekend congratulations man you played out of your mind and deserve it um my other scoops is uh, actually Jerry because whenever brian comes on the, the uh the podcast he always shits on you. So I just want to say let's go Jerry
1: <laughs> Thanks man got it. At least someone's in my corner. Yeah, fuck
2: you, yeah, Jerry. <laughs> no, 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 fuck you, man. I love you. Yeah, Jerry's a good guy.
1: <laughs> I get no respect. <laughs> uh you got poops?
2: Uh, poops, uh, I guess my only poop is not a big one, but it's just, uh, just the Eternal Weekend Twitch chat could have been modded a little bit better. Uh, there was a lot of stuff just like, oh, how did this person, how is this person 8 oh, if they made this misplay or whatever? It's
0: like,
2: just a lot of that. And, of course, the Brian Colville thing. Yeah. Uh, But that's really it.
0: Awesome. Um, right. well, I'm gonna scoop in, I'm scooping in, uh, I, I don't know if you guys have seen it, but Adam Sandler's new, uh, newest Netflix special. 100% 100% fresh. <laughs> is, Where,
1: wh- listen, did you cash a check and not give me my half pat? <laughs> <of this? laughs>
0: it is. It is. Actually, I watched it for a second time today. It is excellent. It's very, very good. I I mean, if you were going to tell me that in 2018, Adam Sandler would put out a really good comedy special. I would have told you to eat it. Uh, but it's fucking hilarious. And I can't recommend it highly enough.
1: Yo, I didn't know we were getting those Netflix bucks, but okay. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Hey, man, I share Netflix with my whole family, so I, I, sub- I subsidize Netflix for my entire family. It's great. <laughs> like My brothers have my login. My sister, my mom has my login. I'm pretty sure some of my wife's coworkers have my login. Socialize Netflix, Jerry. I'm all about it.
1: Uh, man, you're a man of many facets, Pat. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: uh, socialized Netflix, but yeah. not health.
0: All right. No, uh, no I believe that. in socialized medicine. <laughs> I absolutely believe in I think we should have single payer healthcare personally, but you know.
1: Uh, we'll go into uh, detail on that when we talk about the reserve list and you can you oh, know. I can't, I can can wait. Compare oh notes. we have to
0: do, I have to do my homework on that. Now I have to I have to figure that out. That's Thursday. No, you just you
1: solicited <laughs> conspiracy theories last Yeah, time. I haven't gotten <laughs> any
0: though, so my my network uh, so, of Alex Jones conspiracy theorists <laughs> has not panned out.
1: Listen, everyone, uh, please email uh, Pat uh, some conspiracy reserve list theories. Uh, he would mm-hmm. be grateful. I want to hear uh, your best
0: arguments as to, to I already know how we're going to repeal it. I know the process of how we're going to repeal it. I just need the reasons for it.
1: I like you can also feel free to like mail in your own tinfoil hats with <laughs> with
0: your theories. <laughs> Um, mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know if I have any poops this week. Oh, you know what? I have poops. I'm going to poop on anyone who d- who doesn't vote tomorrow. If you're part of the American democracy, you should be voting on Tuesday. And if you don't, you're a bad citizen, and I, I'm I'm sending a poop to you. So that's I'm probably sending poop to about 50 percent of Americans tomorrow for tomorrow.
1: <laughs> I think it's against the law to send poop through the mail system. Pat,
0: uh, it's actually not against the law because because uh, you've done it. No, because <laughs> um, no, because Cars Against Humanity did it. They, did, they did, did. Did you ever hear that story? No. <laughs> so last year, I think it was last year, the year before, uh, on Black Friday, they had made a big a, a big thing on their website, and they said, "Listen, we're gonna send you a box of shit if you buy anything from our store on Friday." Because they they were just saying like basically like kind of taking a stance against Black Friday consumerism and you know pulling all these people away from their families at at three in the morning on 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 uh, on Friday to uh, To get ready, stores ready for Black Friday. Black Friday is like a, one of the thorns in my side, being a retail worker for a long time, and um, and yeah. So anyway, they actually sent people boxes full of shit, boxes full of like uh, uh, cow shit. Um, so it's not illegal to send shit in the mail. Yeah,
2: those guys are always up to some crazy
0: shit. Yeah, they didn't lo- they like
2: j- dig a giant hole just to do it. Yeah. Oh like- yeah.
0: It's it's pretty it's pretty great. Um, yeah. So people paid like fifteen dollars for a literal turd in the mail. It's awesome. <laughs> But yeah, go out and vote, man. Like I know it's a little late. Probably should have said this last week, but uh, I hope you guys voted this week. Win or, win or lose, like it's important to to put your voice out there, and it's important to to vote in our in our uh, in our system here. Good. Good. <laughs> All right, that's it for this week. Uh, we will catch you all next week. Uh, make sure to sign up for the LAL Open. You can get in uh, cardboard live and submit your deck list digitally. Uh, that link is in the uh, is on the page there, and check out the Facebook page for charity drive stuff.